This is Mission Disco, a conversation about imagination, innovation, and Christian mission in Ireland and beyond. I am Simon Kilpatrick. And I am Brian Sanders. We are your DJs for this conversation. So, Simon, I feel like I haven't seen you in <clears throat> so long, but uh, it has been so how long. are you? I'm doing What's good going on in your life? Nothing? No, nothing particularly. As I sit watching you there, drink your cup of soup. Why do you have to put me out there like that? <laughs> it's a cold day, this February, it feels good. January it feels day, good. whatever day it is. Um, drinking your five a day in your cup, powdered soup. Uh, no, I'm doing fine. Thanks, you know. All good. <laughs> That's it. Okay, good. Family's good? Yeah. That's going to go. Hello, the bed. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, family's good. All good. We were away over midterm, which by the time this comes out could be months ago. <laughs> it will. And Christmas could have been over. It probably will. Did you be. have a good Christmas? First Christmas <laughs> in Ireland. I'm going to predict that. It, yes, I did. I had a lovely Christmas. Sip around the fire. Uh huh. Looking forward to it. Well, we're we we're trying to identify, you know, ideas, key ideas which feel pivotal. I mean, that's what we've been talking about essentially is mm-hmm. um, not not necessarily even just what are interesting topics for us to discuss here, but maybe what are crucial ideas or ideas whose time is coming or has come. Um, and so today we're, we're considering this idea of collaboration and we've we've been talking a little bit about it. It does feel like a positive word in Ireland. Um, you know, it's not probably not going to get a lot of pushback. Uh, you know, now nah, we shouldn't collaborate. But actually, if it's okay, I want to start with a, a little story of my own. Sure. Where I was invited to speak at a panel. This is some years ago. I was invited to speak at a panel of leaders. And the topic was collaboration. And, of course, they never ask you, do you do you agree with something before they put you on a panel? They said, we want you to be on this panel. We're going to talk about collaboration. I said, well, okay. I mean, that's, you know, it's your funeral. <laughs> so they, they, they throw a couple of like softball questions out there for the panel. And, but it, it, it assumed it, it assumed, of course, you're all for collaboration in ministry, in ministry collaborations, you know, and, in a way, just each person sort of went down and said why and why they thought it was a good idea. And of course, it comes to me. And, and you just ruined it. And I said, I, well, I just, I didn't agree. So I felt like I'm not sure collaboration is a good idea, actually. I'm not sure I want to collaborate with people. And this is what I meant what and what I tried to say that day, not just to be contrarian, but but actually... In my experience, when churches try to collaborate, sometimes it's some kind of like surface level unity. You know, it's 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 not actually for anything meaningful. And so the end result is uh, a diversion from their mission. So actually what I was trying to say is don't let's not do that. How about you do the part of 
the mission that God has given you with all your heart and soul and strength. I'll do the bit he's given us to do. And in the end, that will be kind of in a bigger sense, kingdom collaboration, because we're, we're not co-laboring on, we're not looking for something that creates a false kind of unity. Like, look, we participated in a book driver. We did a, a meal together or something like that, just so it could look like we're, we're working together. But it has no real missional significance, you know. And the truth is, at, especially at the time, this was a few years ago, I just didn't want anything to distract me or us from our mission, from our sense of mission. And maybe that's part of what I was, what I was responding negatively to was, is what you mean by collaboration, getting a bunch of Christians together and doing Christian things for more Christian people, mm-hmm. running a Christian concert for Christians. And if that's what you mean, count me out, mm-hmm. count me out. So maybe that's a place for us to start. Um, yeah. You know, the, I, kind of the, the possibility of collaboration, which isn't good. Yeah. Because although, yeah, you say Ireland are probably up for collaboration, I don't really think it was a word I was aware of growing up that people would collaborate together. Mm-hmm. I think there was definitely, let's have a joint service, like what you're saying, you know, mm-hmm. around Easter or maybe do a carol service and you do a joint thing. And maybe, I don't know, what's a book drive? You mentioned a book drive. It's not important. <laughs> Drop books around. Drop books off. (laughs) Maybe we could try that. (laughs) Collaborate on the book drive. There's a meaningful collaboration. (laughs) Find out later. Um, But I think people, yeah, they collaborated or they did stuff together. Like Christian Unity Week, you do stuff together. There's a Christian Unity Week? I I think probably there is, yeah. Ecumenical Week. See, strange cultural sharing here. Because I think, yeah. I think being united and being together and stuff makes sense. Obviously, I agree with that. But the only examples I saw of any kind of collaboration in inverted commas was let's just put on a service or let's put on a, a group of services rather than anything missional or anything. Because I think collaboration, you, even thinking of the word like co-labor, how do we yeah. work alongside each other yes. rather than you do this this night and we'll do this this night. But actually, how do we work on something together? And that takes a lot more than just put on a service. It takes a sharing of ideas your thing not being the main thing, you know, talking through those things. I think that that can be difficult, but I think it's, it is really crucial. I think one of the things that really made me reflect on unity and actually collaboration was the passage in John 17. I've mentioned it before. I don't know if I've mentioned the podcast before, but it was a really, it's kind of the passage I've gone back to the past kind of two or three years. It was really important for me. I think thinking through it, um, thinking through this passage where Jesus prays for the disciples who are with him, um, but also prays for the people who will believe. And it is, I think the thing that caught me was the fact that Jesus prayed for the disciples there, but also prayed for us as we uh, live in Ireland today. But the thing he's praying for is, you can start kind of and think about unity, but actually in the bit before it says, in the same way that you gave me a mission in the world, I give them a mission in the world. Hmm. Um, and then he goes on, he goes, you know, I'm not only praying for them, but also praying for the ones who believe me that they'll be united. And I think not only is it a good thing for tactically and for us to do together because, you know, churches are small, so we should be working together. But actually, it's the thing that Jesus wants to see happen. And I think God works through those things. But it's really getting our head around what collaboration is and what token kind of unity or token we have a relationship. How can we actually work on something together? 
Yeah, I think if if you, that's really good because if you're if 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 we're saying essentially labor or work is a synonym for mission, the work of God, the will of God, the mission of God, then not only am I for it, but I start to feel like it becomes crucial. Like, how will we mm-hmm. see the kingdom come? How will we see the mission of God accomplished in and through us if we don't collaborate? If we don't see ourselves as co-laborers in and for his kingdom, doing each 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 one doing our part, you know, Paul water or Paulus waters, Paul whatever plants, God makes it grow. There has to be maybe more collaboration, but it would be around the mission. So if, if John seventeen is is a is leading us somewhere, it's it's about unity and mission, mm-hmm. and so maybe that's. That's where we need to focus our thinking and our talk, our time, kind of chatting about it today. Is how, what does it look like um, in Ireland today? You know, what steps can we take essentially towards seeing that? When and where is kind of collaboration something we should be not mm. just imagining but be um, conspiring on together? Um, I think some of the I think it's even starting smaller scale, you know, before we even think about how we do stuff as wider Christians in a city or in a town. Good point, but actually, yeah. I think a lot of the time we see churches that, how do we model collaboration within churches? You know, even something simply coming up with a, a teaching theme or coming up with worship or coming up with, you know, uh, how we do something in the community. How are, is it one person deciding something and telling everyone else? Or is there collaboration there? How do we do it in a, in a small scale in our own churches? What a great point. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess maybe the, the example that would be teams, like leading mm-hmm. with teams, leading through teams. I know that's a big part of how you have led. Um, uh, you know, it is, I, I think it is also part of how I've led, maybe not as good at it as you are or as good at it as, as maybe some leaders I've seen here. Um, it's almost like I understood, I understand that teams are important or I understand that teams are biblical. <laughs> But I'm like bad at executing them or something, or there's something wrong with me or something wrong with the way I think a leader is supposed to lead, a good leader, a great leader. Um, you know, I am very I think I think me and people like me or people that were kind of raised or trained in a certain leadership environment, we've just come to believe in this what's called the great man myth mm-hmm. that Great moments in history are shaped and defined by singular people who do something courageous and they stand against everything and they they stand alone. You know, even the idea of like leadership is lonely. It's something I would have said. It's something I would have believed at a deep, deep level that to lead, to really lead, to really go stick your neck out and be a leader of something, you you have to go alone. Um, And of course, that's, that's kind of a sad, grim yeah. view of things. Yeah. But is it true? You or does know, it have to be true? Yeah. yeah. So maybe maybe you say, well, it is sad, but there it is. You know, it's that's just the reality of leadership. And so, you know, it's it. One of the things that's been very eye opening for me is to even look at these biopics. So Americans like biopics. We like stories, biographies mm-hmm. of great leaders, particularly men, right? So we were fascinated by somebody like a Steve Jobs, who was not a nice person. 
I just read recently that he he would buy a new car every six months so that he didn't have to register the car so that he could park in handicapped parking spaces. No way. (laughs) (laughs) I just can't. I just can't wrap my mind around it. But anyway, it's like, you know, these are these are the people we elevate as yeah, heroes, yeah. heroes, right? Heroes because he was, you know, a risk taker, an innovator, creative, whatever. Uh, because he was fabulously wealthy or successful, but he was such a micromanager. People hated to work for him, but it doesn't matter because he succeeded, right? Yeah. So he's a, he's the great man. He's the hero. But even that isn't a true story. So what's really interesting to me, the more I dig into these stories, for every Bill Gates, there's a Paul Allen. You know, Microsoft doesn't exist without Paul Allen. For every Steve Jobs, there's a Steve Wozniak, who's essentially the genius behind all of the, I don't know, the technical side of Apple. Mm Mm-hmm. And yet, we still want to tell this story as if it's just one person. So the the biography I, I didn't I, I I haven't seen Steve Wozniak's biography. There might be one out there, but how many Steve Jobs? Yeah. And then it's really interesting to me because the more I dig into it, the more I see something like what what's one of the most successful enterprises in our lifetime is something like Google, which is a true partnership, a true collaboration between two people from the time they were at Stanford, Sergey Brin. And Larry Page were equals, partners, true partners. And there's almost no biographies about these guys Mm -hmm. because we don't know what to do with it because we don't know how to tell that story. We don't know how to tell the story of a true partnership where there is not one singular person that rises above the rest that, you know, stands against the the storm. Um, One of my favorite examples is, is Jim Henson and Frank Oz and their whole puppetry universe yeah. that they create, you know, Star Wars and the Muppets and all these, especially in that time in the late 70s, early 80s, where they sort of captivated the world with their puppetry. And, of course, they are Ernie and Bert, those two puppets, those two orange mm-hmm. puppets, that is their personalities. You know, the one is sort of uptight and nervous and... Uh, you know, logistical, and the other was more kind of hippie, free thinking, and that that was a reflection of their actual collaboration. And so much of what they did, so much of the genius of what they did, was a team effort. You know, mm. so I love you bringing that up because we can talk about churches collaborating. That's one level. We can talk about organizational collaboration, or even around something as important as mission. But I mean, do you even have collaboration in a micro sense? Mm. In your church, does everything you do, is it operated by, led by, entrusted to groups of people where, where in a sense, the, the, the work of that team, whatever it is, no matter how small the work is, is it a collaboration between multiple people? Because if we can't see that at a, at a micro level, we'll probably struggle to know how to do it at a macro level. And that certainly is, I think, a problem that I've had to try to overcome over the years. even when you think about Ireland and you think about the government, you still have a Taoiseach. You know, you have a government, but you still have someone in charge. You know, you have president mm-hmm. of the United States. We have a president in Ireland as well. You have churches who has a church leader or a minister or an ordained person most of the time. There is, we, it's, the system is still the one person. And I, 
it's easier that way in some ways that someone has responsibility, someone makes a decision, someone brings in a law. It's easier when one person does that. And in fairness, they probably do have collaboration behind the scenes, but it's harder to do collaboration well because it takes a bit longer. But I think the end result is always going to be far better. But we do have to learn to not have an agenda going into a situation and be willing to listen to everyone around the table. And I always like... um, thinking about someone who has expertise in a particular area and listening to them just because they don't have a position but they know that area much better than i do so Mm. i'm going to listen to what they have to say Mm. but it does take a a way of leading that is okay to take on someone who doesn't have a position or isn't old enough or whatever else but listening to to other voices Mm. and be willing to work together well and it may be that people people listening would say yeah you know i'm i'm a believer in teams I understand team leadership. I'm for it. So then how do we project that in at an organizational level or a church level? We start saying, well, look, if if we believe that our best work is done as collaborative, as shared work among a team, then can we start thinking about our cities that way? Mm-hmm. Can we start thinking about um, towns or neighborhoods where yeah. we live? And we, there's actually more than one church in that neighborhood, more than one community of people who trust and try to follow Jesus, who care about, presumably, who care about the transformation of that place. And yet, isn't it a kind of a strange scandal <laughs> that we don't talk to each other? Mm-hmm. We don't see each other as partners yeah. in any way. Of course, the worst case scenario is we see each other as competitors. Yeah. We actually think, okay, this is a red ocean, you know, full of sharks and it's contested market space. So we can't, we can't work alongside these people because what if, what if they become more attracted to this other church and our people go leave us or something, or, or we're trying to reach people and they get, they get the people we're trying to reach instead of us. <clears throat> it's a sad kind of. Uh, indictment in a sense against us or maybe it's just as simple as um we don't have a vision for it we don't have the imagination mm-hmm. to see well, what would we do together mm-hmm. how would we work together um so i don't know maybe it's worth us thinking a little bit or just kind of imagining what something like that could look like i i think you know a couple of thoughts i have one is you know we've argued i've argued before the sort of death of this consumer branded church where people are more concerned about logos and egos and it's the it's the promotion of of a church or a denomination or something like that it's the promotion of their logo their brand and of course you, you don't want to collaborate because you need to elevate your brand yeah. somehow yeah. Uh, and the egos that are behind that and of course I, I would argue that that is that the sun is setting on that way of being the church. And I think it's maybe not palatable as palatable anymore. Um, and so people are going to be looking, I think people are going to be looking for um, evidence of collaboration or collaboration as evidence that we care about the kingdom and not just our brand, yeah. not just yeah. our logo. So actually when people are saying, well, what, what church do I want to be a part of? What community do I want to be a part of? Or if I'm, if I'm leading something small like a microchurch or a pioneering initiative or something like that, what network would I want to join into? Well, it's going to be the one that shows me that they care more about the kingdom 
than they do about their own thing. So that's going to be, I think it's going to be critical, not just for the sake of collaboration to, to actually accomplish something together, but as a, as a, as a signpost to others that you care about the kingdom more than you care about your thing. Um, yeah, no, I think that's really important. And that you do wonder when you see different networks or denominations of churches that are different and, and set apart, you know, presumably were set up because they had slightly different ways of doing things, but it has become a competition, has become something that we compete against. And I think we can never really have true collaboration unless we can drop some of those things and not care as much about our our brand, our our thing, and actually work for a much bigger thing than that. Because I think I always I'm reminded of... Uh, the disciples jesus saying to the disciples go out into all the world and make disciples of all nations and you know there's a small handful of people there and he's told them to go make disciples of all nations where do they start <laughs> do people. they take it seriously yeah. or do they just go well let's just <laughs> do a few houses that we have around us or do they go and divide up the world and go yeah. how are we going to bring take the message Asia, to the world? yeah Africa, exactly yeah. whereas actually as churches in that area we should be thinking about how we serve in our town our city look there's a huge amount of people here we've three churches none of them are full let's not Let's not think about the Christians that we have, but let's think about the world. How do we serve the community around us? How do we tell people the good news with the people around us? And if we have that bigger picture, well, then we think less about ourselves and care less about our brand and our thing and actually go, we creating this together. And I think one helpful thing in collaboration isn't getting someone to join your thing, but creating something new together. Uh, yeah. And how do, we, how do we create something new together? Um, as churches with the same heart for the same thing, we might disagree on certain things, but together we want to do this. I think that can be a helpful way to approach something. I think too that that maybe as a byproduct of of the possibility of collaboration is this kind of networked reality. This we've we've talked a bit about shared learn learning environments. You know, if the rate of change is so fast now, so we we try something in mission and then let's say it doesn't work and so we try something else it doesn't work we try something else it works okay now we've we've stumbled on something important um how long does it take to kind of tell that story yeah to publish that to get it out and what if it takes two years three years four years and what if four years now is too long like now it's changed the environment's changed again and we we have to adapt so now we're we're just getting the book published on it and we're going this doesn't work anymore so th- I think this is that's actually not an exaggeration of the reality mm. that we're in. Like yeah. just as we can kind of get the story told, we're realizing actually we're changing again. We're adapting mm. again. I'm not so sure that works exactly that way anymore. So I'm a big proponent of quick, small feedback loops so that we can learn quickly mm. together. And the truth is the more people we have learning, trying things, and the tighter those relationships. So in other words, part of what collaboration could look like is you go over there, your group go over there and try this. I'll go over here and try this other thing. And now we've doubled our experimental capacity, right? We've doubled our research bandwidth if if we share those findings. If we come back and say, well, we tried this over here. This is what worked. This is what didn't work. And quickly now I get to gain something from that data from that experience. Whereas a lot of the time we 
we come up with something, we come up with a good idea and we want to keep it to ourselves. It's like if someone creates a new soft drink or a new drug, you protect. Proprietary. Yeah, you protect yeah. it and you don't tell other people. Yeah. Whereas actually as a church, we should be no, helping no. and learning together and saying, look, this didn't work, this did work. But for some reason, we still have that. Yeah, so in, in a sense, you going and doing something without me even, that I'm not working with you on, if we can share that learning, if you'll share with me what it was and we come back together to understand better our yeah. context, that's also a collaboration or, or it's, it's a, it contributes to collaboration. So now we can go back into our environments with each other's failures, in a sense, woven into our understanding of how to go back. And, and, and you can multiply that by 100, possibly. You know, But the problem is we're so alone. We're so siloed. Yeah. Our, our Christian experience is so, so, so enclosed that we we can't learn anything. And whatever we learn, we just learn on our own little mistakes. And it's just not fast enough to keep up, in a sense. So it's not uncommon for us to find churches that are 20 years. You know, they're just, they're, they've just put away the overhead projector, <laughs> like last month. <laughs> And they're saying, ah, it's, you know, we're moving on here. You know, we're going to pull out a guitar now. And, and it's like, it's so far behind whatever, whatever the sort of rate of change has been that it almost feels hopeless. And this, this also for me is a, is a fringe benefit of collaborative stuff, not just in the work we do, but in sharing the knowledge that we're gaining. Um, <clears throat> and this also is part of, kind of networked reality. Now you, maybe, maybe what we could leave people with is, is um, maybe how, so how, 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 how would we move towards collaboration or what could collaboration look like? And you, you already said something, which I think is pretty important. Um, when there's skepticism, like you have a brand, I have a brand, how do we collaborate? You're essentially what you just said is maybe you start, you make a new thing. Mm. So that way. Yeah. Make a new thing or start with a, a clean slate and, and okay. create together that yeah and i think even thinking about how praxis started it was very mm -hmm. much that it was trying to how do we how do we collaborate together for the the sake of the kingdom in dublin and beyond and it's not about us bringing our own things yeah we have expertise and yeah we've come from other places and we've our experience and our our stories but how do we come up with something new create something new and i suppose that's with any of the the things that we should be trying to do is one of the things maybe the way we can do collaboration is to create something new and come yeah. to a table afresh and go, how do we do this? Because that is, that is always an implicit danger, isn't it? That one person is really actually has the plan. Yeah. Or the vision. And it's hard to know the difference sometimes because I've been on the other side of that where someone is recruiting me into their thing. And and using the language of collaboration, mm -hmm. like saying, let's do this together. But it just doesn't feel like we're doing it together. Yeah, it yeah. feels like this is really your thing. And you've already decided all the critical mm -hmm. decisions have already been made. And you really, it just, it kind of feels like you're being used maybe a little bit yeah. or, or you just, you're calling on me because you think I bring some people to the game or something mm -hmm. like that but it's really about advancing your own thing so how do we how do we kind of work through that potential skepticism you know and and it does feel like ownership is a big part of that yeah like feeling like no we'll, we'll do this together and and even the this defining what the this yeah, is yeah, yeah. 
it's got to be open-ended, yeah, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah, and owning the the ideas and the creation of that, but also owning the struggles with it and the pain that goes with it and, and also sharing the, the fruit and the Good what point. comes out of it as well. Yep. So I I guess I would I would describe that as mutuality. Like <clears throat> part of why I want ownership is because I'm thinking, okay, I do have, you know, the negative way to look at it is is a silo, but the positive way to look at it is a clear mission from God, a clear like I have an organization or a church or a community that I lead and and I feel a mandate from God to go in a certain direction to to sort of accomplish something with those people. So if you're asking me to, to pull away from that and to do something else, something new or some third thing or your thing, um, on what grounds can I say yes to that, yeah. you know, and not feel like I'm betraying my own yeah. sense of yeah. calling or mission? So I think the first thing in the how would have to be true mutuality. Like where is there, actually you want this, we want yeah. this, We've worked that out together. That Let, yeah. Do we want the same thing? We do want the same thing. So let's do it together. Why shouldn't we do it mm-hmm. together? In fact, we probably should find a way to do it together. Um, so discovering true mutuality, which maybe implies a level of relationship we don't have with each other. So maybe a step before ownership or mutuality is relationship. Like, do we even know people? who are leading other things or similar things or things in the same area. And maybe that's a step towards a how is identifying the people in your sphere where you do mission or you're concerned about the kingdom coming who are also concerned about the kingdom coming. Do you even know them? Do you know them by yeah. name? It feels like, correct me if I'm wrong, it feels like in Ireland people do. They, they would know each other at some level in those spheres yeah i think yeah i think people probably do know each other whether people are willing to or maybe even have the imagination of working on something together like so they know each other in in terms of they're the church down the road and we know them but have people imagined that they could work on something together i know there's churches who would run alpha courses together so that does happen a little bit but what does it look beyond that what does it look to serve a particular community or meet a particular need in the community how do we do that together i'm not sure how much that's thought through um, there's definitely examples of it, but well, yeah. and then <clears throat> for me, I think setting a goal of learning, like actually saying, let's try something together. Let's let's you know chase this same dream we have of transformation, of love, of delivering the kingdom somehow in this place together. But let's actually make the goal of it learning. So discovery, learning, and then sharing with our communities everything there is to learn. I think that's a very achievable goal, you know, because even if even if it goes poorly or doesn't exactly un- unfold the way you wished it would, you can still learn from it. You still learn from it, mm-hmm. and you can feel like we did that together. Mm-hmm. You know, we grew from that together yeah. somehow. Um, I remember in is it in uh, the Forgotten Ways, Alan Hirsch's book, where it talks about communitas rather than community. Mm-hmm. And from my memory, it was about people working together on something on a purpose and how community forms around that so i think doing stuff with other churches if you're working on something together that can be a really important part of bringing you closer together closer to god relying more on god but also greater relationships when you're working on something together i think that's uh, an important part to it as well yeah i think he calls that like liminality so it's actually experiencing something difficult together going through something that doesn't always work perfectly yeah it's not a 
you know a stadium full of people and it's yeah. a high but yeah. actually it's it's a tough grinding thing. to help the homeless yeah. or something yeah. in your in your neighborhood mm-hmm. um i'd say maybe the last thing i would offer is is the idea of collaboration around mapping you know one of the things that's maybe surprising to me that we don't do more of is is really looking at a city so if you're if you're a leader a church leader or or ministry leader or parachurch or whatever and you think i care about this whole city i hold it in my heart in some way or even even in ireland maybe the whole country you know think of the the denominations we work with and stuff they care about the whole country and so actually to, to have a map a sort of shared map where we say okay like for us in the underground, it would be microchurches. And like, where are there microchurches? And where aren't there microchurches? And to actually plot, okay, here's where we have microchurches. Uh, here's where we know there's a visible witness of the kingdom in this community or in this location, this geography. But then to know there are other people in the city that are also planting visible witnesses for the kingdom in different parts mm. of the community. And I want to know. I want to know where things are being planted. Mm-hmm. If for no other reason than to know where the blue ocean is, where the place where there is nobody working. And we all need to be able to see that, right? It, I'm forever hearing stories of people that are saying, oh, we're going to go plant in this thing. In, in the city that I was in, in Tampa, we had like no less than, fi- in about a five-year period, we had no less than 50 people come to Tampa to plant a church. Where? Come to Tampa. So move from North Carolina or Wisconsin or Michigan or something. And apparently God told them to come to Tampa because there were no churches, apparently. In fact, I read I read a story. Well, it's not important. But 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 a church plant that was maybe seven, eight years ago that came to Tampa said, you know, they came to Tampa for a week or something and realized that there was no churches working in mission in this area or something like that, which just wasn't true at all. It was just completely misinformation. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And yet, so then of those 50, I would say probably, I don't know, 80% of them didn't work. They wash out, right? But of those 50, not one single church was planted in East Tampa, which would be like a poor, depressed, not cool section of town. They were all planted in the Mm -hmm. cool areas. So they just went to that same Red Ocean fought for the same contested market space. But if they really cared about understanding, okay, where is there nothing? Surely somebody mm. would have been called to mm. plant something in East Tampa. Yeah. But strangely, nobody felt called to do that. So to me, it goes to the issue of like, do we even know where mm. each other are working? So even if we don't do anything together, yeah, I, I've just always imagined or dreamed what it would look like to have a, like a city map that all the key missional leaders in the city shared. And plotted every time something new, God was doing something new mm. that was Methodist or Church of Ireland or Presbyterian or whatever. Maybe a, a new, even a new Catholic initiative or something that's happening. Boom, just put a pin in that and we could celebrate it. Everybody could join in and saying, Thank you, God, for mm. filling that spot there. And then we could all still see the gaps, mm-hmm. the openings. Because I think there's, I've heard someone say that. There's a huge amount of churches planted in Ireland, in the very center of Ireland. Really? Because people just get the map and put the pin in the middle Come and we go, we go to the center of Ireland. <laughs> I think that's true. I don't know now, but I think They get true. there and go, wait, what? 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. But I think that's no, it would be a very valuable thing to have. Like, is is there? Do you have a thing in Tampa like that, or is that? No, it's just an idea. Okay, but wouldn't that? No, be it cool? would. It would make sense. No, completely makes sense because it it changes it from being a competition to a collaboration. It's something where we're looking at our whole city. How is our whole city served? It's just interesting. It's interesting to think that collaboration might even be possible at a spiritual level. Mm-hmm. That that we're owning the mission, you know, to see every single place possibly touched or reached. And we want to see little communities popping up. And maybe that's something we can do as praxis. So if you're interested in that, you think it's a good idea, send us an email or something. Or if you have computer skills and would like to create said (laughs) map. skills. (laughs) Because I think something like that answers that prayer that Jesus prayed in John 17, where it's just like, that the people that the the followers that would follow the disciples would be one would be yeah. united together in it and it's under it's not just united for the sake of being united it's united for the sake of god's mission and are we really so petty that if it's not branded our thing our thing that it, it doesn't go on our map yeah. you know yeah. and are if we really are kingdom people which i think we are i think i think most of the leaders we know in Iraq, they are kingdom people. Mm-hmm. They don't really ultimately mm-hmm. care that much about their thing, about their yeah. thing or their their logo. And maybe we just need the courage to to try or to step mm-hmm. out or to find ways to even just celebrate yeah. any progress, yeah. any ground gained yeah. for Jesus. Yeah. You've been listening to Mission Disco, a podcast by Praxis Movement. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Praxis Movement. Subscribe, like, or download this podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, or online at PraxisMovement.com.